Good morning. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Thank y'all for being patient and waiting on me. No, no Appreciate it. Y'all doing okay? Even children do not run on the same schedule as we do. <laughs> no. No. They they do what they want. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so what did um, what did everyone think of this week's readings? Well, I love this book more and more. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's the best guide I've ever read of doing mindfulness, like mindfulness training, and especially in the context of therapy. It's like a step by step guide. You couldn't ask for more. Yes, I agree. Yes, and I haven't really read anything else, so I don't know what to compare it to. But um, it it is a step by step guide. It's so clear, um, and I love all the examples that that it gives. It's great. Shazi, I feel like I jumped in on top of no, you. No, 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 you're, you're, you're fine. Um, and again, I also have not read any other book, um, you know, relating to mindfulness or uh, meditation. So I felt that this is the best book to start because it does give you all these real life examples. It is packed with all the different scenarios where you know, the different types of um, meditations and different types of activities would be applicable to. And they give you the reasons why this would work with, you know, a patient who is experiencing this versus, you know, how it would not work with somebody who's going through this. You know, so I love all of the applications. And I actually, I tried, I, I can't um, honestly say that I went and I sat through all of it, but I did try to go online and um you know look at the the online resource did you were you, were you guys able to do that yeah did i started doing do that? a meditation a day with my sister um on that website and they're really good and some of the they have some other resources in the back of other websites that have guided meditations and mm -hmm. um there's just so many on there that it, it makes it really easy to start mm -hmm. i've just I've just been listening to the audiobook, so I don't mm -hmm. think I even knew that those resources existed. So that would be awesome, but I think I need to get the hard copy of this one. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yes, if you would send me those resources, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. There's, um, you know, if you just go to sittingtogether.com, um, Catherine, it's kind of like on a footnote in the book, in, in chapter four, I believe is where they first introduce it. Um, I can't remember if it was in the earlier chapters, but um, it gives you examples of the types of meditations that they're talking about in the chapter. Oh. So, yeah. So, um, I, so unlike Patrick, I have not actually sat through um, a whole meditation exercise, but I definitely was planning on doing that with um, with my children. The, the hard part is to get 
everybody together, you know, and maybe, maybe some sort of meditation or concentration exercises would, would help with, with me trying to get everybody together at one time. That's always so hard. <laughs> yeah. So, well, mm-hmm. so, some of them are, I mean, most of them are like, what, seven minutes to 15. And mm-hmm. um, at least the, the first one, the first time my sister and I did it was at night and like the AC was off and there was just like, it's the one about listening to sounds and there was just no, and it was, <laughs> the house was silent until of course mm-hmm. my dad started snoring and shaking the house. But um, <laughs> um, no, they're, they're really good. So that one I would recommend like sit outside on a nice like day. I don't know what it's like in Macon right now, but right now here it's like 78, sunny, the birds are out singing and that would be a great one to just sit outside or just to take a walk. That's how mm-hmm. I did it with my sister. I was like, let's start by just taking a walk and learning to like not be on it. Like, like try to like, it's okay to have that anxiety of like, you don't have your phone. She's like, wait, we're going to do a walk without my phone. Like, what if someone tries to call me? I was like, in 15 minutes, if someone tries to call you, you can call them back when you get home. She's like, oh, I don't know that I could do that. And I was like, no, you, you can do that. We're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is, isn't it funny? how we begin to connect with so much when we start to disconnect ourselves from our devices. I mean, these are appendages. That, that's really what our... Uh-oh, I think we lost Catherine. Oh, um, no. We'll see if she is able to click back in. If not, then I'll resend the link. But, um, yeah, no, like, she was like, I think I feel my phone buzzing. So I'm you back. You didn't bring your phone. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. Yay. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. No worries. I, you you left when I said disconnect. <laughs> that, that was great timing. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so um, I was just saying that, you know, it's it's really when, when we start reading more and when we start thinking about how um, quote unquote connected we are to our devices, which are really, you know, have become appendages, really, you know, they're, they're, we can't really live without them. And it takes so much more effort to leave them at home, very much like how Patrick said his sister had a hard time leaving it at home. And then it's nice to do that every once in a while, because that's when we truly connect with the elements and nature and even ourselves. And with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it's so easy to get distracted from the people in immediately around you um, with our devices. But the like, when I find when I can disconnect, um, like you're saying, I, I just feel so much more connected um, mm-hmm. to the people that are most important. Yes. Um, you know, um, side note here, but when we were, when we were reading about listening and sounds and such, if, if you guys have not been, but ever do get a chance to go do so, um, there's an, there's a museum in, I believe it's in Phoenix, Arizona. It's called the Musical Instrument Museum. Have y'all ever been there? No, I haven't. Okay. I had a. It is. Um, 
when you walk into that museum, you would think, okay, musical instruments, you're going to hear a lot of noise, maybe a lot of sound. There is pin drop silence. And it's, it's really interesting how it's, um, how it's laid out because they have different music and different sounds from all different cultures around the globe. And you go to each display and as you're walking to each display, they give you a headset, which is activated, but it's kind of like, you know, if you're in the proximity of that display, it just kind of activates the, the, the sound from whatever region you're, you're standing in front of. You really get to this, this whole chapter reminded me of my experience when I went to that museum um, many years ago. Because, you know, silence. And yes, when you listen to different tones and sounds and, and, and um, just different music, uh, natural instruments, just, you know, you, you, be, you do become more aware of your surroundings and the, the, the difference in, in intonation. You know, I, I kind of was, I was remembering all of that because this chapter kind of came to life with, with that experience that I had had many years ago, but, but it was very, it's very nice um, to read and I can definitely see us applying this in the future with, um, you know, with our clients. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I don't have my notes in front of me. Um, at all, but I wondered if we wanted to um, walk through each chapter and then discuss sort of overall um, how we feel like we're going to apply this in therapy. Yeah. Let's do okay. That. Yeah. Does that work for? Yeah. I'm sorry. Could you re- yeah. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? Because I lost. I lost sound now. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could you repeat that, please? Yes, absolutely. Um, I was wondering if we might talk through each chapter individually yeah. um, and then maybe talk about how we see ourselves applying this in therapy. Sure. Does that work for you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so what... So chapter one was um, on concentration, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Um, what did what did you all think about um, that chapter? Did anything stand out to you in particular? Uh, nothing stood out too much in particular, but it I did enjoy how they walk you through almost step by step and then explain why they're doing things for, you know, this would be best for first, this would be best for this. And I enjoyed that. And then at at the end, when it has that little list, let me see if I can find it. Mm. Yeah. They have a little list of like, um, like important like guidelines for, for, um, doing this concentration practice and I enjoyed that. I just think they make it so easy. Whereas a lot of places when you read about it, it they try to add too much like mysticism and um, it, it becomes like overwhelming when you're trying to figure out like, what is this and how is it useful to me? Mm-hmm. Okay. I like his approach um in writing 
this book, it seems like he's taking an approach of this can be as mystical or as like secular and straightforward as your client needs it to be. Like you can go either direction and it's okay, but he's very um, just clear and straightforward about describing these practices um, and their applications. Yeah. I really like that approach. Because I, I like the mysticism, but that needs to come after you actually like learn about and like kind of figure out how to do this. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. a building block that needs to come on after. Yeah. If, that's you, if you try and build the whole house in one go, mm-hmm. then you don't have a solid foundation. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, some of these guided meditations in here are on the website and they're, I enjoyed them. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to keep going through this and kind of um, like journeying my own, like jump back into meditation with this book, which is uh, pretty cool. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, and I I already shared with you what I thought about um, um, chapter four, um, because how when he talks about sounds and simply listening, I was reminded of my experience at at the musical instrument museum, and and you know it's nice how everything does come into to being, you know when you when you're more aware of it, and that's kind of like how the chapter starts off. With, with um, that quote, uh, meditation is not an escape from life, but preparation for really being in life. And yeah, if you're mindful, you're present, you're more curious. And, and sometimes, you know, when we're in this whole rush to do things, how curious and how aware and how present are we actually? We're really not. Mm-hmm. In order to calm our minds and our beings, we get so much more accomplished and and i feel we 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 really strengthen our 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 inner selves that way too and and i know that that's all going into a lot of philosophy and it sounds very zen like but you can be that way without really assigning a label to it too you can you know all of this if you take out all the philosophy from it too this is just good practice it's a life skill Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm it really is. It really is. Absolutely agree. Um, it. Well, I think I think so often sorry. we we find ourselves like thinking too much about like planning for the future or thinking about the past rather than actually like being present with the people and like the mm-hmm. like with ourselves in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, I think I can so often trick myself into thinking, well, if I'm thinking about the future, I'm being productive, I'm getting things done. And the reality of it is, is that being present in them, when I'm able to be more present in the moment, I'm actually more productive. And I'm able to get more accomplished because I'm not worrying as much about the future. I'm just 
doing what's right in front of me. Um, and I think mindfulness is such a great tool um, to learn how to be present in the moment. Right. And, and uh, you know, somewhere in the chapter, they, they talk about how, you know, um, one of like the main parts of meditation is that you allow yourself to experiencing or to experience everything that happens at a given moment without being sucked up into it, you know, without being like drawn into it and, and how we can, you know, that can help us release ourselves from any, any like negativity. And I really like that because how many times does a thought come up in our head and we start ruminating over it and it just gets to be a very slippery slope and we're, we wind, we wind up in an uncomfortable spot, you know, you know, or thinking about something that really takes away from whatever it may be that we're doing at that time, you, you know, and I, I really like how the book teaches us in different steps um, and how to build on these foundations, you know, well, Oh, if this happens, return to this you know if if you're thinking about something um you know um just allow yourself to to notice but then return to i think it was um the chap the part about cradling the breath was where that came up where if you you know if you have like a lot of negativity or if some intense feelings come up then you can um you, you can notice them but then let let them go and return to to your breath and focus on that. So again, being mindful of all the times that you are going off on a slippery slope and returning back to what is comforting and peaceful to you is such a helpful thing. It's such a it's such a small thing that if we start to do it, I think we would all be so much more better for it. Right. I absolutely agree. And I think it's still um, that you're talking about of noticing the the negativity and then coming back. Um, I love how the author um, is really insistent that it's not like if you are able to come back, then like you're it's you're not failing at this like mm -hmm. of course you're gonna get distracted and then coming back like that's mm -hmm. that's so much of it and I feel like that's such a um like that's a skill that's transferable to so many areas of our lives outside of um mindfulness and meditation that if you can notice um, where you've gone astray and then turn back like and get back on track that's you haven't failed and I mm, I love that yeah. it's it's almost as if you're teaching yourself to to become the calm within the storm you know and and I can't think of another metaphor other than that but when the more I read into it, it's, it seems like, you know, with, with all of, with practicing this and teaching yourself this, you really, you, you can learn to be more um, calm and, you know, no, no matter how turbulent things get around you. Right. 
Yeah, it's kind of like taking the impulse out of things and just, mm-hmm. like bringing in. It, it kind of provides you that two second thought of like, okay, this is what I'm about to do, you know, and rather than just like, all right, do it, like, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of leads into the second chapter, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed because one of my favorite meditations is called a full body scan. So it's similar mm-hmm. to they had one that oh, what did they call it? But it was like the one sweep? that you could do sitting or standing. Yeah, the, the body sweep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the um, the body scan is similar, but you lay down for it, and it's like a forty-five minute. And you like go from each, you know, each body part up all the way. And then you kind of like, sh- not shut them off, but you like, they kind of go numb as, as you move. That way you're, you're only focusing on a certain portion. And um, I really like that one because it's helped me to realize where I carry like my stress. So in my shoulders and I can, I can feel I think it's important to know your body, just like it's important to know your thoughts. Um, it's just important to know yourself. And so, like, I can tell when I'm getting stressed out, even if it's if it starts physical rather than mental first, because my jaw will start getting really tight and my teeth will start grinding and my like my traps and my neck will get kind of stiff. And I'm like, oh, I need to relax. Like, I need to take a minute and, like, take a walk or, um, you know, just kind of decompress for a second. Um, and I think it's important to know some of those reactions that you have about yourself. And um, for people with, you know, not just anxiety and stress, but I think it's important for you to know what's going on with your body all the time. It's kind of like that awareness of, uh, being aware in the therapy room of your uh, emotional reactions and the, that countertransference to know how, um, you know, like how, how other things, like how topics or different individuals are reminding you of things that you have experienced or people in your past. Um, and it's just it's it's just one more way to to be better in tuned with yourself and and kind of make yourself a more well oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Shazia. Um, what what did you think about this chapter? Oh, I um I like how Patrick explained everything. I but I really like the analogies that are that are in this chapter. You know how they they um how uh, they talk about an author using the analogy of um entering what was it a dusty attic or basement and turning on the light, right? So if you know that that when you turn on the light, it kind of illuminates um everything that you know we've. I, I guess we've left, you know, that, that have that are sitting there catch, catching dust um, in in our you know in our minds. So I really, I really like that um, um, because I feel that it helps us identify what um, you know what we're 
how we're reacting to all the all these experiences and how we're feeling. You know, when we do that, the body scan, or if we're doing this, the step by step, we really learn where we're holding all our all our anxiety. Like in mm-hmm. in my case, I know I do it. Like it's in my neck, my shoulders, my jaw, and you know, every once in a while, you'll come across something on like like um, on Facebook or, or a message and on social media that says, you know, relax, you know, um, relax your, your shoulders. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I didn't even realize I was doing that. And, I, and, I, and I'm doing it, you know, I'm always hunched over and I'm so stressed by something and I hold it right there. And when I was going through this chapter, reading all the different, you know, doing the whole body scan, body sweep, sweep thing, it, it made me more aware of where, um, where I was very, very tense and how, what I needed to do to let that go. So definitely this is something that I, I mean, I, like I said earlier, I'm probably going to teach this to, to, you know, to my kids because it's important that they learn this now, um, or they start to incorporate it now so that they can develop the habit over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, once you, when, once you start doing it, you, you kind of you feel a lot more credible recommending it to people too. So I feel that the more we, the more we explore and the more we learn about different things, the more we're going to be better able to recommend them to the people that we meet in therapy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree. I loved, I think it was at the very beginning of this chapter. Um, he talked about how um, he was talking about um, you can like focus on your breathing, um, but, um, but for some people it may be more helpful to like listen to um, the outside world was that at the beginning of this chapter? Um, or was that the last one? I think it was the beginning of the last chapter. Yeah, I okay. That was the last one. Well, okay, I'm going to go back, <laughs> though. No, but um, you're on to something. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I... I liked... It was really... Um, that was really enlightening to me because I've always heard like to focus on your breathing and to pay attention to your breath um and it's never really worked that well for me um especially if I'm feeling um like very anxious and it was helpful to hear him say that it might like that might not be helpful um particularly with people with for people with anxiety and and other things and and I thought oh like it would be more helpful. Like if I'm feeling anxious to um, pay attention to what I can hear outside um, to kind of help ground me. Um, And it was just, I'd never, I'd never thought about that before. And I think it will be really helpful going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I really loved um, the chapter six, the loving kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter on loving kindness. What What were your thoughts? 
Well, I I like it um, because I think the first thing that that but we we model our relationships off of our you know our relationships with our parents and our attachments, and I think at the end of the day we are only able to love other people as much as we love ourselves. And Mm -hmm. so being able to accept ourselves and like, nobody's perfect. Nobody's Superman. Um, Like be happy for who you are because you're unique and that's what makes you special. Not because Mm -hmm. you have a 3000 IQ. It's, it's because you're you, that's why you're special. And so, um, I, I love the idea behind loving kindness and I think it's it's good that it's not the first thing that people get into when they're they're doing mindfulness that they focus mm-hmm. on the concentration first because it can sound a little hippie-ish, um, which can drive some people away, uh, depending yeah. on who they are. Yeah. Um, well I I was um to me it, it connected with me, I think, because it reminded me the most of prayer. And so that, like, as a religious person, it it connected, I think, most immediately with me. Like, like oh, like, I already do this and have been doing it my whole life mm-hmm. in a, just a slightly different way. And I wonder how to talk about it with, um, like with people who don't have. Are you there? You're cutting out there. Catherine? Uh, you were cutting out a little bit. Oh, no. Um, am I still now. cutting out? Okay. No, you're clear now. Oh, I, I was going to say, oh, no. Um. I'm sorry. I have sleeping. Oh no. We can wait and she'll probably join back. She had she sounds like yeah. she has a handful of James right now. <laughs> That's totally understandable. I know. Uh-huh. Kudos to her. I don't know how she's doing all this, but <laughs> with the yeah, new baby, I, I don't have a child, and I'm I'm having a, a heck of a time with it all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in this chapter, I guess we'll like talk a little more. Yeah, absolutely. But in this chapter, they also do a, a type of the body scan. Yes, um, and they call it. I don't know why I keep closing my book. I know we're still talking about it. Um, Are you talking about the, 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 the compassionate body scan? Yes. Um, I liked that too. And this one was similar, more similar to the one that I, I'm used to. And it's um, on your back. And it's by the same person, John Kabat-Zinn, who's uh, big in the, the field of, of mindfulness. Hello, Catherine. Welcome back. Hey, I'm so sorry. You're good. Don't worry. I um had a fussy baby, and then I accidentally exited myself 
out. No, so we're we're back. We, we, we didn't get too far. Um, we were, Patrick was just telling us what he liked about this chapter, but we can go back to where you left off about prayer. I don't even remember where I was, so we can just move <laughs> on. You were actually saying how this chapter reminded you of um, prayer, and because you are a spiritual person, that resonated with you. Yes. And well, yes, it did. And now I remember where I was. And I was thinking about it really did resonate with me. And also, I don't know, I would have to really think through um, introducing this to you, um, a more secular person, because I can see how it would sound a little like hippie-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in ways that the first, the concentration and um, practices, I think, don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, Patrick, you're exactly right. Like, you really need to start there and then move to this. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. um, it, it's just a, a self issue of like having to think through like well this really connected with me because of this like for this reason um with someone who has a different background how would I connect that with them does that make sense yes okay um yeah no absolutely that makes sense um and I think this would be the chapter where you can you you can split in the two directions of like making this more a um well i guess they're kind of one in the same they're just two different forms of the same thing but like going more towards like spirituality versus like religion uh like background and mm-hmm. um i know people who practice both styles of of mindfulness but it's about and I think I, I might have a little more background in this, and that's why I, I think about this this way, that it's important to have those first two underlying so that when you get to this stage, that people have already seen the benefits and they're already enjoying the effect that it has on their life. And they're more willing to see things or be open to new ideas. And then you can frame those in whatever way it will connect most with the client. But mostly, I think I I don't know if we're jumping into how this will affect us as therapists, but um, this chapter, especially uh, the loving kindness, I think will help with being empathetic and um, kind of fostering that that level of empathy within us and our clients. And that's pretty important for the joining process. So I think. I think this can only help us with joining and being there for our clients, like emotionally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you know, um, this whole, you know, the chapter begins with how loving kindness and compassion is about um, our relations with others. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I think um, it, that ties right into what Patrick just said because you need to it can serve like how all of this it can serve as a 
a good foundation for practicing, um, you know, compassion when we're, or, you know, relating to others when they're in, in the therapy room, having a kind demeanor. And, and, and if, if we, if we can somehow convey that to, to others, um, then it, it, they'll feel, they'll start to feel safe and, and open up easier. You know? And, and I like how they give us those phrases, you know, like how loving kindness is, can, can be generated by repeating the may, may I be safe? May I be happy, healthy, peaceful, and, 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 and all that. That it sounds so much like, you know, like prayer to me too, because, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, these are things that like, when I, when I pray, I pray for these things. I ask God for these things, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I never thought about wishing them on to my own self, <laughs> you know, but I can see how if we, if we took God out from that sentence, yeah, mm-hmm. if we, these are, these are good affirmations to have. For your Absolutely. Own. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I still remember going to church and like my mom would always remind us like, okay, like you, there's three things to pray for. You pray for forgiveness, you pray for something you want, and then um, you pray for something you're thankful for. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of the essence of what this is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, Patrick, you brought up praying for forgiveness. I, um, I think it these phrases are so helpful when you're applying them to yourself. May I be um, peaceful? May I be safe? Um, And then I know in my own life, um, having sort of similar affirm, using similar affirmations or, um, or prayers and directing, directing, directing them towards someone that I need to forgive um, that I need to, um, heal a relationship with has been so helpful. And I really loved how it um, talked about that in the chapter with the um, woman whose husband had the affair um, and she needed to um, let go of her hostility and anger um, towards him so she could um, go to her son's wedding. Um, right. And it was... Um, just um interesting to me that that like is a part of this Mm -hmm. but this this also i i think um loving kindness and compassion i think it's going to take a lot of time to cultivate yeah i don't i don't think it's something you know, whereas like the other two two chapters when we talked about open monitoring and and listening and and you know um, the touch points and feeling our breaths, that's that's portable. That's something we have with us, right? This, even though um, you know we are ultimately going to be the, the the practitioners of kindness and compassion, this is not going to be easy to do. I don't think so. <laughs> no. No, I think you have to work at constantly, and then it's still so hard. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to. It's, it seems like it's it's uh it's going to take a lot of time to develop. Um, you know, 
and and it's it's almost as if you know with the others like you know they she gave the author gave the metaphor of um, how open monitoring was like clicking you know turning on a light switch right so yeah turning on a light switch with one click you get to illuminate things right this not so much this seems more to, to me at least it seems like it's going to be an exercise a, tr a transformation it, the switch is not going to click that easily it's going to take a bit <laughs> so yeah. i wonder might be a good idea to start with these affirmations right now while we're still students so that when we're when we're with our clients we're we're actually able to to convey this better mm -hmm. I agree. And then I also think, um, I still think taking the first step is huge. Like, yes, if you're working at it, like, I agree with, with you that it takes a lot, will take a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But I also think if you're working at it, that's part of the point. Mm -hmm. Um, that in some ways you're already the journey is the destination, right? Like yes. you, it's such a cliche, but like doing the yes. work, is the point too, mm -hmm. like cause we're never really going to get there. We're never going to be perfectly compassionate, kind human, but doing the work is mm -hmm. to me. I love it. Point. Yeah. It's about the process. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like it's like therapy in that sense. Like it's about the mm -hmm. process. It's not so much about like the destination. Like you'll get to the destination, but the destination comes because of the process. Yes. And mm -hmm. Like when you're talking with a family, like it's important to ask them their thoughts on things before you jump out and give, you know, your bird's eye view recommendations because allowing them to work through it and kind of come to this it not only gives them a sense of satisfaction and a sense that they have control over their therapeutic process but also like it allows them to work through these skills with each other and you being a mediator in the room and that way they can maybe just possibly recreate that at home and do that more often and have mm -hmm. those conversations that are you know the embodiment of healthy communication and yeah you know perspective taking and uh compromise and all of that so mm -hmm. yes the process is is the king mm -hmm. where are we on time because i've jumped out twice accidentally so i have 11 minutes 27 seconds <laughs> but i know we we're further along than that we're at, we're at 43 minutes. We're at 43 minutes. Okay. Yes. Um, um, are there other ways that you all can see yourselves using this in, in therapy? We've already sort of jumped into that conversation, but, but are, there, are there other things? I think I'll use it for self-care a lot, being able to manage the weight of some of the the things that I'm hearing and helping people through um, and not having each person's issues uh, kind of like 
not taking them onto my back and then carrying them around all day because I'm there to help them, but not to take on all their burdens. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like um, our professors have introduced some of these activities to us in different classes. I know last year um, in coaches class, um, Patrick, have you, you're, you're taking additions, right? So has coach done any of these with you on, on zoom or, or no, not this year? Um, Oh, sorry. Uh, I don't think so, but I know, okay. uh, Bowden did, we did some breathing and, yes. um, like kind of grounding work with, um, before our IRATs. Right. Right. Dr. Templeton <laughs> did. And I know Dr. Meyer has and, in one or two of her um, child development classes that I took over the summer, Coach did as well, and I think Dr. Benish did too. So we've we've all um, been introduced to different levels of mindfulness and meditation activities, and and I just remember feeling very much like at peace. Um, you know, like it, it just it really brought out different um, mm-hmm. calming kind of feelings after we, we we had done those exercises. So for now, I, I agree with Patrick. Uh, even as I was reading with this, I'm, I do think I'm going to be starting off with using this more for self-care when I, whenever I can. I plan on hopefully introducing this to my, to my family. If I can get everybody together in one room at some point during the day, that would be nice. Um, you know, I'm glad that Patrick, you're able to do this with your sister because that's, that, that's I'm sure that's a very nice bonding moment for for you two, correct? Yeah. <laughs> She's even reminded me when I like yeah, get out of a class and like, oh, I'm just mentally just brain dead. Like, I want to go to bed. She's like, wait, wait, we haven't done our meditation for the day. Like, no, no, I can't do this. She's like, no, no, no we got to do it every day. Like, all right, yeah, you're right. I should, you. I should get up and do it. And, it's not and, difficult. It's not strenuous. It's it's relaxing. So yes. many of them, I need this more now when I think I don't than mm-hmm. uh, when I'm actually ready to jump all in. So, okay. And I think that's something to be aware of when we're working with clients is that, you know, sometimes when we get mentally overwhelmed that we think, oh, now is not the time. Now is not like I'm, I just want to lay down and do nothing. It's like, wait, that's kind of what this is, but it's mindfully doing nothing. So, like, (laughs) let's do that because it's a more efficient way to unwind. Go ahead, Shazia. Oh, I was just going to say that it becomes a habit. And then over time, doing whatever little bit that you can is so much better than not doing anything at all. It's kind of like kind of like a workout plan you know <laughs> just just do something because it's still better than doing nothing yeah so I don't know to it? I was gonna say I don't know how applicable this is but um having recently had a baby the like pain management things that they teach you are mm-hmm. so similar to mindfulness mm-hmm. um and one thing that I noticed that of course it's like this. One thing that I noticed is it's so much easier to do it when you're not actually in labor and in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's easy to um, focus on your breathing and to um, to um, visualize 
um, you know, another play, like a beautiful play. Like it's easy to do it um, in the, like when you're sitting peacefully at home um, mm-hmm. and it's a whole other thing to do it um, when like life is like when things are crazy, like if you're to my example of being in labor, but also I think if you are in a chaotic moment, um, like emotionally, and I wonder how you can, Patrick, you might have come across this, like how you, how do you continue um, when things are hard? Like it's, it's easy enough to practice when things are easy, but like, how do you, how do you build that muscle so that you can continue to do it when it's hard? Um, am I, am I making any sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's easy to do things when it's easy for you and it's when it's things get hard that that's when it becomes a challenge. And when <laughs> you, um, I think that's where some of these pieces start to fit together. When you have that concentration that like it's a habit of you doing meditation and um, that awareness that you are in that difficult state and it's, that's why it's hard, but that's also why you need it the most now. That's Mm -hmm. like when, that's like when you know you've reached the level of like, okay, this is now a part of my life rather than it's like, it's a supplement to my life. Mm-hmm. It's now this is like a, this is a part of what I do to, you know, help my mental health. Cause that's, right. that's when it's hard. I mean, like we can, it's, it's easy to do things when, you know, there's no challenges sitting in your way, but right. when we're exhausted in pain, um, you know, having deep anxiety, that's when it's harder to say, like to ourselves like just breathe just take a deep breath and like let's try and ground ourselves first because it seems like a crisis Mm -hmm. right so yeah i think that's and that's something we need to be aware of and um kind of work through with ourselves while we're thinking of the context of our clients right yes Um, do you go ahead? Sorry. I was just going to say like one of the, one of my, uh, favorite, like really informal meditations is just, um, like sitting outside on a nice day where it's like really warm and just imagining myself as be like, I always joke that I'm solar powered. And so (laughs) I like imagine myself as like being solar powered and I'm just like taking in all the energy from the sun. And, like, feeling it warm, not just my skin, but, like, I imagine it, like, um, kind of, like, percolating all the way through all the layers of my being and, like, warming through my body. And then once it's worked through my body, like, now my soul and, like, my entire, like, being is getting warm and taking that energy. And then I try to envision that and keep that in my head um, as I exit the meditation and then use that energy throughout the day to kind of fuel me. And I like, that's like an easy 10 minute that can be kind of mixed in with the idea of the, um, the listening. I like to do all of my meditations closed eyed. And I tell people like, you don't have to, it can be, 
you know, black. When you when you look, you know, close your eyes, you can see something. For me, I it usually ends up being like after I've closed my eyes for about a minute, there's either like a blue light orb or like green. Um, you know, so like it doesn't really matter like what you see as long as you're not like thinking about what you need to like if you're not planning a to-do list you're probably doing meditation right mm-hmm. <laughs> i like that we're just so hardwired to keep like planning ahead and like yes. you know thinking through this to-do list of like if you haven't made a to-do list you should make the to-do list if you have made a to-do list you should be working through the to-do list it's like whoa 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 mm-hmm. just breathe I really need a shirt that says just breathe. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Just breathe. Yep. Yes. Yes. But now I kind of want one that says just listen too. <laughs> I really liked that chapter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so are there any, do y'all have any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, just looking forward to the the last few chapters of this and um, hopefully going to try to practice some of what we've learned with um, at home and then um, with myself, especially with this last one, the the compassioning and, um, you know, the compassion part of it. And then let's see, let's see where it goes because in in, uh, less than two months, we'll be, we'll be with our clients and hopefully we'll we'll get to to use these um, when we can with others. I can't believe we're so close. Yeah. Yep. I try not to think about it too much because it <laughs> yeah. makes me a little nervous or yeah, completely nervous. It's anxiety provoking and yes. exciting, but we we need to meditate on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to meditate on that. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All see right. you. We'll, we'll see next you next week. week. <laughs> Take care. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. Bye.